0: One, two, check, check. One, two. Can you hear me? There we go. Good morning, Glenridge. For those of you who don't know, my name is Brandon, and uh, I'm one of the lead worshipers here in this house. Um, I've been leading worship now for about 15 years, and uh, I can still say. We never stop learning, eh? We never, ever, ever stop learning. There's a never ending of knowing who God is. And that is awesome. I'm so glad it's that way. You know, actually, just before, just before I start, my family is really behind me here with the water. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, yeah, it's... it's but actually, before I start, I just want to... I have my my parents-in-law here. I just want to say welcome. You know, they've been married for 43 years. You know, and they've been through quite a bit. And they're still together. And it's really awesome. And I've been married to their daughter for 19 years. And I still say thank you. Thank you for my wife, and thank you for what you have done in her life. And it's my mother in law there, she is there stepping in. It's her birthday today, so she's 65 today. So, yeah, happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. I'm not going to say that I'm not nervous. (laughs) You know, I've been, like I said, I've been leading worship for 15 years, so this is something new for me to speak. Singing in front of you, that's, I've learned to, to be comfortable in that. But with that said, I have the privilege of carrying the tail end of our worship series. And I'm really just hoping that what I have to share with you that's on my heart is just going to propel you into more of being able to worship Him with all of who you are. I personally, I love worship. I really, really love worship. I think I'm just going to start there without looking at my notes. I love being in the presence of God. There's nothing like it. You know, I can understand why David would say, better is one day in your house, Father, than a thousand anywhere else. It's when everything around us quietens down and everything makes sense. And when I get to the end, the end of my preach is, is about His presence. Just being in His presence means everything. I remember the call, when I got called, when God called me to step out of the music industry and into worship, it was a four-year journey for me to answer that call. You know, no, no matter what preach came out from the pulpit, it was the same thing to me. Brandon, I want you to join my, my church. I want you to be part of what I am doing in the sphere of worship. And I tell you, from the day that I answered that call, it has changed my life completely. And it has changed my family's life completely. So I want to encourage you, when if God is calling you into something, answer. It will change your world completely. Could I encourage you that if any of you have not listened to any of the other three preachers that have preceded mine now, the preachers that Greg has given and Justin and Kathy, to go and give it a listen. Please go give it a listen. Okay. So I've headed my preach to you this morning as worship from heaven's perspective. I'm just going to read from the book of Revelations and I'm going to read the whole chapter 4. So please bear with me. It's a, I know it's a whole chapter, but I'm sure you guys have got the endurance to endure with me and go through it. But before I do that, I just want to give you some background. In the beginning of, of Revelations, John is the disciple that walked with Jesus. He finds himself on an island of Patmos. And all of a sudden, he hears this loud voice behind him. And this voice sounds like a trumpet when when this voice speaks. So John then turns around to try and see who's speaking to him, and he sees that it's Jesus. And how he gives a beautiful description of when he looks at Jesus, what he looks like. But then Jesus says to him, John, write down everything that I'm going to show you. And when you've written it down, I want you to take it to the church. So let's look at Revelations 4 and see what Jesus wants us to see. Okay, Revelations 4 from verse 1. It says, After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. Imagine that worship service. (laughs) In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also, in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center... Around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes, in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third was like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around even under its wings. Day and night they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Revelations 4 is such an incredible picture of what worship looks like in heaven. Right now, this is the worship that is happening right now. It says that these four living creatures, day and night, they are saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This picture is a blueprint, a vision of what God wants us to see and understand what worship really looks like. You know a great south african worship leader and i'm sure some of you will know him he now leads a church in the states in america by the name of alan Frau. he made a powerful comment about the book of revelations he said he said that most of the book of revelations is about heaven and when most of us read it it can be very confusing at the best of times He says some of us, when reading this book, would ask ourselves, what on earth is happening here in heaven? Instead, we should be asking, what in heaven is happening here on earth? You see, we need to understand that worship is firstly a heavenly activity before it is an earthly one. our worship must be influenced by what we see happening in the throne room in heaven. It should influence the way we worship. Now, when reading this chapter, the thing that really caught my attention were the four living creatures. I mean, it's something that you would read in a Narnia book. Those of you who've read read the book, Narnia books, or seen the movies. Here we see four living creatures standing around the throne. The first one looking like a lion, the second looking like an ox, the third looking like a man, and the fourth like a flying eagle. Now, obviously, when this caught my attention, I just went and dug a bit and tried to re- get some commentaries on. You know, to try and bring some kind of understanding. Why, why, why did John see these four living creatures? There must be some purpose while they're documented there. Now, what I want to share with you, I'm not saying this is fact. I'm just saying well, this is what I, how, I would like to see it, how I believe, after just reading some commentaries. So I personally believe that these four living creatures represent the created order on earth. What do I mean by that? I believe that they represent all of creation, all living beings on the earth. They represent all the wild and domestic animals, the lion and the ox. They represent mankind, the creature that looks like a man. And the fourth living creature represents the birds of the air, the one that looks like an eagle. This is a beautiful vision that John sees in heaven. It's a vision of all creation around the throne worshipping the creator. Another noticeable point here we see is that creation is not at the center of worship. The one sitting on the throne is at the center. We are not called to worship anyone else or anything else but the one who sits on the throne. Glimmeridge, on a sobering note, our God will not share His glory with another. Romans 1, verse 18 to 23 says this, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, but because, but because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Being understood for what From what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds. And animals and reptiles. Glenridge, we were not created to worship anyone or anything else, other than the one who created all things. We were created to give him and him alone our worship. Now the question is how do we get our worship to look like what we see here in Revelations four? And to answer that, I'd like us to look at three things that really just stood out for me when I read this chapter. The three points are this the door is standing open, the Spirit helps us see, and lastly, it's all about His presence. First point: the door is standing open. You know, the biggest obstacle that that hinders us from entering in and worshiping God with all our hearts—it's very simple. It's sin. Now I know this is a bit of a heavy, but it is the truth. Sin has brought about all sorts of negative things and feelings into our lives. Sin distorts the relationship we have with God. Things like guilt, shame, and feelings of unworthiness, all of which are results of sin, grab hold of us. And we become like Adam and Eve who hid from God when they heard him walking in the garden after the fall. But we know, Glenridge, that there is good news. In verse 1 of Revelation 4, John starts by saying, After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first, speaking to, first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. Jesus is the one speaking to John here. Glenn Jesus is showing us that the door is standing open in heaven. Jesus made the sacrifice so that our guilt, our shame, and our feelings of unworthiness could be removed. Jesus paid the price for our sin so that the distorted relationship would be restored And it's by our faith in Jesus we have all the permission we need to draw near to God. Hebrews 10, verse 19 to 22 says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, that is, His body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. It's because of Jesus the door is standing open we can enter in with full assurance and full confidence when we to come before him and worship him nothing should hinder us nothing we can leave our guilty conscience at the door we can confidently enter in and worship i remember a few years ago somebody once said to just made the statement he says you can't take a shower before you take you don't take a shower before you take a bath we come to god the way we are we through the door the open door we don't have to go and clean ourselves so that we can feel worthy that we can feel ready that We come to him through Jesus. And it's in his presence that he deals with us. You know, could I be bold enough just to say that if you are here struggling to worship God, if you're struggling just to enter in and give him your all, if you're looking around, you say, I wonder how that person does it. I wonder how that one does it. Can I be bold enough to say that could it be that you're maybe not seeing clearly what Jesus has really done for you? Can I I also encourage you today then fall in love with the gospel. Fall in love with the one who so loved you that he gave himself for you. Worship starts In the gospel. The gospel is the open door. Now, Jesus says to John in the second half of verse 1 He says, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. There are things that Jesus wants to share with us and show us. But we need to be prepared to walk through the open door. And follow him. Jesus wants us, wants to take us into places and spaces that we have never ever explored before. He wants to take you and he wants to take me into a deep, into an intimacy like we have never experienced before in our worship. You know, there's times, I'm just gonna jump off here. There's times where Sometimes I just feel like when we start our worship, why do we always need to start with this big song, this fast-going song? Now, I'm not hammering anything here, but there are just times where I just want to delve in deep. I just want to go deep. I don't want to waste time. You know that knowing about God and knowing God are two different things. Knowing about God is is intellectual. But knowing God, that is experiential. And I know there's some of you here that would totally agree with me when I say this. Once you have experienced an encounter with God, once you have tasted and seen for yourself you are never the same again. You get totally ruined. And that is my heart. That is what us as a worship team that's our heart. That you would be completely ruined by God Himself. Now I'm reminded of a time where a few years ago I was really in a personal dry space and I was really, really just going through a real dry dry time. And it so happened that we as a home group, we had planned to go to a worship time up in Hillcrest somewhere, and it was, the team Bethel was coming through, so we were just like, we're going to go through, and I just thought to myself, you know, I'm just going to, I just want to go there, and I made my mind up that I'm just going to sit under the atmosphere of worship, and I just want to be with him. And I remember getting there and just sitting down and just saying, God, I just need you. I just need you to speak to me. And the worship started and I just sat. And I'm not saying it's Bethel or whatever. I'm saying I just sat there. I just wanted me to meet him, be with him and let him speak. So I sat down, I began just to soak in it before him. And all of a sudden, in the stillness of that moment, God said this to me. He said, Brandon, I want people to experience me. It was that simple. It's amazing how God can speak a simple little sentence, and it brings life into our lives. I walked out there with purpose. Tell you the next Sunday, the next day I was leading worship it was one of the most precious times in worship because I spoke from, I led worship from what I heard him speak to me about. We need his voice. Glenridge, God wants you to experience Him. God wants you to encounter Him in ways you cannot even imagine. He wants to get personal with you and, in, and intimate with you in worship, in, the, in your worship of Him. All we need to do, all we need to do, is just walk through the open door and follow Him into the things He has for us. That's all that he's asking of us, nothing else. My second point, the Spirit helps us see. You know, last week when Kathy was talking, I was like, Kathy, (laughs) some of the points that she was bringing up, I was like, this is my preach. (laughs) So clearly, clearly God is speaking here. Revelations 4 verse 2, it says, before John could describe what he saw, he had had to be led by the Spirit. So in verse 2, he says, at once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. John could not see the one sitting on the throne in heaven from an earthly perspective. He needed a heavenly perspective. He needed the holy spirit. And guess what? The same goes for us. God is spirit, and we can only worship him by his spirit. We should put no confidence in the flesh. What do I mean by that? Is this if we recognize it or not? And what I'm what I'm about to say is I'm under that many times. If we recognize it or not, you and I are living in a very performance-driven culture. The motivation to perform and achieve is always around us. We could so easily bring this culture into our worship and our relationship with God. We could try our utmost to seek Him and please Him by thinking if we just try harder be better, do better. We will get his attention. But nothing could be further from the truth. Have you ever wondered why the four living creatures around the throne are all covered in eyes and are continually saying day and night, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty? Have you ever wondered that? You know, in Isaiah 6, Three, where Isaiah finds himself in the throne room of God he describes that he sees the seraphim that's another heavenly being he sees the seraphim flying in the throne room of God singing the exact same song the exact same song you know it's a long time Isaiah, when Isaiah lived and where John lived a couple, I don't know how many years it's a long time it's a long time to sing the same song. They sing this because their worship is being fueled by the revelation of the one they are seeing. Clearage, it's not about the songs, it's about the one we are seeing. Worship that is led by the Spirit brings revelation of who God is and what He wants to do among us. And I know us as a, as a church, as a house, we do that well. But there's more. There's so much more. Ephesians 1 verse 17, we see Paul praying for the believers saying, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. We need the Holy Spirit to help us and lead us into worship. You know, Alan Frost says that there's there's actually no such thing as a worship leader. The Holy Spirit is the worship leader. The team, we are just the lead worshipers. We need the Holy Spirit's revelation to be able to see the one sitting on the throne. We need His revelation to know Him better. Without the Spirit, our worship can only go so far. Without the Spirit, we'll only worship God based on the previous revelation we've had of Him. We cannot eat yesterday's manna because yesterday's manna becomes stale. And no one can live on stale manner for too long. Now, I'm not saying that remembering God and what he has done for you or for us in the past is not important. It really is. But what I am saying is, if we only camp on what God has done in the past, we will miss the joy of what God wants to do in the now. And the Spirit brings the now. My last point it's all about His presence. Glimmeridge, I love the presence of God. Like I said in the beginning, there's no other there's no better place to be than in His presence. John says at the 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 tail end of verse two, he says, "And there before me was a throne in heaven, with someone sitting on it." The goal and purpose of our worship is to see the one sitting on the throne. It's about honouring and adoring His name above all other names. Our worship is about a person. It's about a person. And encountering this person in his presence. Psalm 22 verse three says that God inhabits the praises of His people. We can expect God to walk into the room when we begin to worship Him. But I just, say, just on a side note, our level of expectation can determine the level of our experience. So I want to encourage you, whenever you read the Bible, whenever you read things, let, God, let the Spirit of God open up your level of expectation of what is possible being, while being in His presence. We can expect God to come when we begin to worship Him. And when His presence comes we can expect him to pour out revelation of himself about who he is and what he is like. We can expect him to speak through the prophetic like he beautifully does here. We can expect him to even directly speak to, uh, to speak to us directly, personally, in our times of worship. I think it was mentioned earlier, I honestly cannot wait to see the day when hands don't even need to be laid on each other. Just being in his presence, the things begin to happen. Glenridge, just lift our eyes. When we begin to worship, we are actually entering in to that throne room in heaven. That is where we're going. That is where we go. And we need to, when we begin to worship, you need to understand that. We can expect Him to bring breakthrough, healings, deliverances, and restoration in our times of worship. You know what? God can can do things in a moment where for us it could take us months. In Glenridge, we can definitely expect him to change lives completely. I could also just say, I remember a time when I was in, I was, when I just came to to Jesus, and I used to come to Glenridge many years ago, and there was something, when this church worshipped, it, it, Just suck me in. The way we worship, the the culture of worship that we set, when people walk through these doors, they will get sucked in and it will become their norm. This is how we worship God. This is how God is worshipped. There's power in His presence. Glenridge, there's so much more for us in our worship whether it's here corporately at home or wherever we are in our everyday and I want to close with just saying this just remember the door is standing open Jesus has made the way the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us see him trust him follow him He brings the now into your life. Don't always depend on the past. And lastly, our worship of Him, it's all about His presence. That is who we are after. We're after His presence. Bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that when we lift up your name, that you are always faithful, Lord, to be among us. We thank you, Father, that what you have done, Lord Jesus, you have opened the door, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have made a way that we can just confidently and just being ourselves, we can enter in and worship you, Lord and love on you, and you love on us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. No other name do we honor honor than your name, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with us, that you are living inside of us, and that you are leading the way, revealing the Father to us over and over and over. Thank you that you, you, you so faithfully lead us into worship. Lead us into the spaces and places that you want to take us to, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that there is more to come, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Father, again, thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that it's you that makes all the difference, Lord. You with us makes all the difference. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's give Brandon a round of applause.